Hey everyone, this is Achuta Baba from Nightlight Astrology, and today we're going to take a look at the entrance of Mars into the sign of Libra. Mars is entering Libra tomorrow, so first we'll take up the real-time clock. I'll just give you a, a brief sense of when this is happening and how long the transit lasts, and then um, I'm briefly going to give you some uh, just some basic information about this sign and how Mars behaves in this sign in particular, and then I'll, I'm actually going to give you a few examples of what I've seen in some birth charts of um, people who have Mars in the sign of Libra through the 12 houses. And these are not going to be like full treatments, just almost like little anecdotes. So I thought you guys might find that interesting for today. In the meantime, I want to remind everybody that my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, starts November 13th. It's coming up. Um, registration is open. People are starting to use our early bird discount and uh, also register with our need-based tuition or payment plan. You can, go, you can go to my website, nightlightastrology.com, click on the courses page, go to the first year program. Um, my advanced programs typically start in the spring. We do have one advanced program starting this fall as well in um, December called Readings and Passages. And this is for students who've been in my first year program who are already enrolled it or who have finished it already, um, or who have had a certification from another Hellenistic astrology program. So at any rate, uh, if you scroll down on this page, you can learn everything that you need to know about the class. If you still have questions, of course, you can always email us info at nightlightastrology.com. It's a really thorough, deep program. Uh, we have 30 classes, 12 guest lecturers, a bunch of breakout study sessions. In addition to all of this, a live tutoring staff in um, our classroom forum online. Everything's recorded so you can attend live or you can um, follow along with the recordings at your own pace. Uh, you can also email me throughout the year with questions. We have uh, Q&A in the forums. And also uh, there's tons of bonus material, exercises, quizzes, stuff like that. It's a great program for people who want to take their love of astrology to the next level, maybe develop a client practice. There's an optional certification test at the end if people are interested in kind of going that far with it. Um, the early bird payment you can use to save $500 off. There's a payment plan. There's also tuition assistance for people who need help. We want to make sure that no one's priced out. So if you're really wanting to take a program, but you're on a really tight budget um, for, you know, uh, because COVID's hit you hard, or maybe you're a single parent or whatever the case might be, if you have a special circumstance and you want to reach out and tell us about it, use the tuition assistance. We're glad to have you. So um that is, uh, that's that. So thank you guys for, I know, uh, those of you who watch my channel regularly, you don't hear my spiel every day around enrollment period, but I'm really excited. I hope to have a good new cohort starting up here in November, excited to study with a new group of people. I, I lead all the classes. Um, and every year, you know, the, the curriculum improves or I get back. I feel like I get better at teaching the material. It's also fun because in this class, you get to see me read for live clients and break down those sessions together toward the end of the program. So there's four classes now. There's four total years worth of curriculum that you could potentially dive into um, with me. So check all of them out on my website in the meantime. All right. So here's the real time clock. I'm going to put it up on the screen and just give you a sense of what to expect. So here is um, here you can see Mars already in Libra. I've sort of got it queued up, but you'll notice that um, Mars is not entering the sign of Libra until about 8.04, like 8 to 9 p.m. Um, that's Eastern time on September 14th. So that's late tonight. We're going to see Mars in the sign of Virgo switch over into Libra. 
And what I'm going to do today in a little bit is just give you some examples briefly around the wheel. I just kind of took some notes on different things that I've seen in people's birth charts that I have, um, you know, that I've worked with personally in my client practice to give you some anecdotes after I first break down some of the core components of the sign. So what is there to know about the sign of Libra? Well, it is a tropical sign. Tropical from the word tropos means a turn to turn. And sometimes you'll also hear um, the, the, the word cardinal being used, but tropical was uh, the, the word closest to the original Greek, um, the turning point. These signs come at the equinoxes and solstices. They start at that time. And it has to do with the idea that the alternation of light and dark in the solar year is taking a hard turn at these points in the kind of ideal symbolic language of the zodiac. So what's happening, for example, at the fall equinox, and we're talking not so much about the weather, and again, remember that this is ultimately a symbolic language, so this can be applicable to anyone, anywhere, that the, um, the sign has to do with the alternation from light into darkness. Libra is the sign um, through which the sun, for example, in the northern hemisphere enters into the dark half of the year. And so this sign is associated with the takeover of darkness. It is the sign of the balance. And um, sometimes you'll hear it related, um, you'll hear the scales used, but the balance and um, the sense of things being judged as they enter the underworld. Um, because obviously in the ancient world, the idea is that your merits, your actions, your deeds, your piety, your intentions, your heart are, you know, weighed and judged and evaluated after this lifetime and that your birth is determined by such things, at least in part, alongside, we hope, with some grace and mercy. But this sign is therefore related to that tropical turning point of the entrance into the dark side of the year. It's an airy temple and it's masculine, which means that the energy of this sign tends to express itself in ways that are more centrifugal, meaning from the center moving outward. And airy, meaning um, that this tends to be, uh, for example, the airy signs, Gemini, Aquarius, and Libra all tend to be... Um, you know, sort of humane signs. They're, they're signs that are um, rational, social, um, often more intellectual, communicative, um, aware of social norms and uh, customs. And, you know, air signs are usually good at uh, discourse, as well as um, uh, naturally interested in ideas and stimulated by ideas. Now, there's a lot more that could be said about air, so I'm just kind of giving a quick summary here. Um, this is also Libra is the temple of Venus. So you have to think this is the masculine temple of Venus, masculine, uh, feminine temple of Venus would be Taurus. So every planet, except for the sun and the moon have two temples, one masculine and one feminine. And, um, so in, in Libra, you have a more, you could say the more masculine side of Venus or a, a Venus that is more, um, yang, even if you like that word better than um, in the way that it expresses itself. And uh, this is important because this Venus doesn't behave like the Taurian Venus. It's a little different. It's not nearly as earthy. It's airier. Another hint that we get is by noting that 
Libra is the exaltation of Saturn, which means you could almost think about it as in this temple, Venus resides and Saturn is like a highly esteemed um, friend or a highly esteemed, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, in, in my, in my, um, I'm just thinking of something like, oh, like my all, like my altar room. So, you know, my house is like my house. Uh, but in a sense, it's, it's actually Krishna's house because we have an altar room and like everything we eat, you know, this house itself, we think of as like, really, this is Krishna's home, our altar room. So that sense of Krishna being exalted in, you know, Achuta's house or something like that. And for you, you know, like maybe there's, you know, you think sometimes uh, like professional athletes, they might have like a shrine in their house built to all of their accomplishments. They have all their awards on the wall. So, you know, maybe like, like, like Aries, it's the home of Mars, right? But it's the exaltation of the sun. And so there's this trophy room filled with like, you know, noble accomplishments or something like that. So you're almost thinking of every sign that has a dual exaltation ruler as being a sign that not only is embodied by, in some ways, the planet that whose home uh, the sign is, but also um, what, what planet or God is exalted in that place. So this is a masculine Venus, you could say, that exalts and adores Saturn. It's a really um, good way of putting it if you want to understand more about how other planets behave in this sign in particular. Um, you would think Venus exalting Saturn, what does that look like? We'll talk about that in a second. This place is also the exile of Mars, which is really important to us today since we're going to be talking about Mars going into the sign of Libra. This is also the sun's fall. Sun is exalted in Aries in the polar opposite sign of Libra. It is in its fall or depression. Makes sense. The sun is going into the underworld for the year. So we can't break down all of these today. It would take too long. My course, we go through all of this stuff, you know, um, probably about nine hours, 10 hours that we spend on the Zodiac. But um, let's just talk about Mars going into the sign of Libra. The first way of understanding this is to understand that in ancient astrology, there was something called a guest host relationship. And basically what this means is that Venus is the, the temple or the home, or excuse me, Libra is the temple or the home of Venus and the exaltation home of Saturn. And so any other house guest that comes in will be served, will be uh, hosted by these two planets, by their combination. Um, and these are all sort of symbolic metaphors in a sense. And there's, there's real delineations that take place in a birth chart by virtue of this too, by looking at the ruler, the exaltation ruler, where they're placed, what aspects they might be making, if there's reception or not, all this kind of technical stuff. It's really get pretty fast and easy to, to maneuver once you get used to it. But um, the first thing that we can just imagine is that Mars is the house guest. Knock, knock, knock. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm here. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what Mars is doing in Libra tonight. Like, hello, I'm here and I'd like dinner. Oh, well, what kinds of things do you like, Mars? I like to cut people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to stab. <laughs> Um, no, Mars is uh, saying, I like conflict. I like competition. I like action. I like decisive, um, bold, persevering things. I like risk. Uh, you know, I like if there's something that's a little hot. So all the things that Mars likes, some of which are going to be more destructive, uh, you know, than we're comfortable with. Remember Mars is called the lesser malefic Saturn, the greater, um, 
And there's noble side to the malefics. Malefics can be functional benefics depending on context. In this sign, however, Mars is in its exile. Why is that? Because the Venus ruled signs are opposite the Mars ruled signs. So Scorpio is opposite Taurus and Aries is opposite Libra, which means that if you take Venus and put it into one of the Mars ruled signs like Aries or um, Scorpio, or if you take one of the Mars planets, uh, excuse me, take Mars and put it into one of the Venus ruled signs, so that would be Taurus or Libra, then you also get uh, some tension. The word that's sometimes used later in the tradition translated into the English language is detriment. Um, but in Rhetorius, uh, one of the earliest authors where we see a clearly articulated um, description of this dignity, he calls it a contrariety. And sometimes it's also translated as exile. A planet in the sign opposite to its own is in a home that is contrary to its own nature. And so in some ways, it's like it's in its exile. It'd be like if I went over to someone's house who was like Southern Baptist and believed that astrologers were going to hell, <laughs> right? I'm sort of in my exile in that house. Um, it might be not at that extreme, but also let's say that I go to a country where astrologers are killed or something like that. So some place that's in some ways, um, you know, there's, there's some kind of, um, you know, antithetical way of living, or there, there's some contrary way of, of doing things that to my own nature, then it's like, I have to deal with the stress or tension of being in that place. That's very different from what I like or what I'm used to. Mars comes over for dinner and says, Hey, I'd like dinner. And Venus is like, how about sparkly, you know, how about a sparkly set of roller skates and like, you know, some Madonna music, you know, you know what I mean? And Mars is like, ah, like, you know, I want to cut, <laughs> I want to cut someone. So, so you have to just kind of imagine it like that and have fun with it. But also, you know, Venus and Mars is sign. It can be really serious. You have Venus and Scorpio, for example, you're going to see Venus's trans, which is Venus's in Scorpio right now. So we've got both Venus and Mars in each other's signs, by the way, which means they're, they have mutual reception by detriment or exile. But if you have Venus in a Mars ruled sign, for example, um, you know, um, my wife was born with Venus in Aries and um, someone when she was uh, traveling, what do you call it? Uh, like a, a traveling abroad for school. I forget what those international exchange programs or whatever they are. And there was a taxi driver who tried to sexually assault her while she had a major transit going on to Venus in Aries. So you can, you know, and thank God she like got out of the taxi cab and escaped or whatever, but she, you know, she's told that story um, many times when Venus in Aries and her chart was also getting activated not too long ago, one of our yoga studio staff was raped and murdered in DC. So it's like, it's not like, I know that people don't like detriment or exile and you can, um, uh, you know, you can quibble over the words and people will always have examples. And there are always examples of how, you know, Mars and Libra or Venus and Aries are not that difficult. In fact, they may represent something totally beautiful, but you always have to pay attention to the fact that there is something contrary about these signs. And depending on other contextual factors in the chart, they can indicate some really challenging dynamics, put Venus in a Mars ruled area and you have the God of love and peace in a place of hostility and violence, right? So that's why it's like the potential is there. Now, when my wife got into yoga, which is um, at the time anyway, when she got into it, you know, from the standpoint of physical health and fitness, almost like an athletic activity, it was also a Venus and Aries transit. So I always think about the diversity of things that my wife has experienced with Venus and Aries. 
And, uh, you know, here she's an entrepreneur, she's an entrepreneur of a yoga studio, kind of an athletic fitness type of thing. But again, one of our yoga studio staff, um, you know, just the, one of the most brutal and terrifying events that I've ever, um, not that I was there or anything, but like that I've already, that I've ever seen in my life or been bear, bore witness, bear witness to. So, um, that was, you know, so, so you always want to just pay attention to the combination of planets and their opposites. So if Venus is, um, a guest in, in, um, excuse me, let's flip that around. If Mars is walking into Libra and says, Hey, I'm here. I'd like dinner. What do you like? You know, well, we know what kinds of things Mars likes. And then Venus has to say, well, I'll provide you with the, I'll provide you with dinner. So, but I have to do so in a way that sort of honors what you want. It's almost like Mars demands a sacrifice when it enters the sign of Libra, it demands something from, from Venus that it can do Mars things with. That's where it gets complicated because, um, you know, Venus in the sign of Libra will give things that Mars can do Mars things with, and that's where you might experience some tension. So, um, this is, this is, you know, I'm just going to give you some examples through the chart now before we end, but there's some interesting people who have embodied this. For example, Alfred Hitchcock, here's a famous film, you know, film guy, film director who serves up, um, you know, uh, murder, right? He's, there's always um, murder or death or suspense or thrillers. And yet he does so oftentimes, I mean, one of the things that was so nice about or that was so kind of amazing about his movies was that a lot of the um a lot of the movies you see murder or the macabre sort of breaking through what looks like very erudite or sophisticated people and scenes think for example of the movie rear window if you think of rear window here's a photographer like a, an esteemed photographer who witnesses a murder and gets involved like in his neighborhood so there's a way in which were uh, the birds that go nuts. If you think about that one, um, there's, there's always a way in which Alfred Hitchcock manages to interrupt the peace of civilized life with something dark, suspenseful, horrible, uh, an inn where, you know, the, the, the psycho you guys remember that. So, you know, another Genghis Khan complicated character from the historical standpoint, he's a uniter of tribes, but also, a, a, um, you know, a, a, I don't know if warmonger is the right word. What's the right word? Because he's a warrior. So he kills, but he also unites people. Seth Rogen. Here's an example of somebody who's hilarious, but also very provocative, edgy, and kind of disgusting at times. So Mars is that way, but Venus isn't. Do you, you see what I mean? Similarly, Abraham Lincoln dealing with the Civil War, um, trying to bring some sense of unity, but there's conflict involved in the meantime. Winston Churchill is a similar one. We think also of someone like Simon Cowell. He's someone who has really sophisticated Venusian taste in art and music, but he also has this like, he's a judge and he has this really critical, intense, um, you know, kind of mean personality at times, at least on the shows, you know, obviously he plays that role. John Lennon. Here's someone who was described as a um, vain and um, uh, power tripping and egotistical and domineering, but also hated bullies and fought for peace. Uh, you know, I think a lot about Nicole Kidman, who's played a lot of like really, um, I think of Nicole Kidman as someone like in, I think the show is called Big Little Lies or something. My wife and I watched this a few years ago. 
And she, you know, there's, she'll often play a role of someone who's like, um, you know, like this, like, what do I want to say? Almost like a housewife with a dagger behind her back type of thing. Like she's got that down. There's a new show out that I haven't seen, but it looks like she might even play a similar role. And it's something about people. Oh, it's called nine perfect strangers. And I, I keep seeing it advertised. I haven't watched it, but she looks like <laughs> just, just the way on the way she is on camera. I'm like, there's Nicole Kidman with that Mars and Libra. She plays those roles. Freddie Mercury, um, similar in terms of the provocative nature of what he did and said, uh, his sexual identity, um, the way he was as a rocker, but someone who also had this like almost this operatic, um, almost classical uh, sense of, of beauty with music. So you can see the complications of these themes in lots of ways, some that are more benign, some that are more malignant. It's, you know, it, it just depends. Let me show you a few examples in birth charts. These are not, I'm just th showing you Mars through some of the houses here for fun. Um, Mars and Libra in the first house. So um, I thought this was interesting. I had someone who dealt with kidney disease with Mars and Libra in the first house. Kidney, kidney disease, Libra is associated with the kidneys and um, and uh, it's interesting that the kidneys are also associated with, you know, balancing different kinds of uh, things in the body. Anyway, this is someone, you know, I had someone who dealt with um, kidney disease and they had to do, um, well, I'm not sure if it's kidney disease, diabetes, and they had to take insulin all the time to ma maintain um, blood sugar levels. And that was like a lifelong thing. And Mars was on their ascendant in Libra. Isn't that interesting? Um, let's go, for, uh, whoops, I'm going to go the opposite direction, house two. So when I was in New York City, I had a client um, with Mars and Libra who had started their own, like um, they were in the fashion industry for a long time and kind of like a fashion insider. And then they started their own like boutique uh, in Manhattan where it was just like a, their own little shop. And uh, it was um, uh, interesting to see that Mars was in Libra in the second house of money and business and that they uh, had this entrepreneurial, you know, um, fashion, um, the story about being an entrepreneur in the fashion industry. Um, and they described the fashion industry to me as very cutthroat, even though there's a sort of superficial level of beauty. This gets into, by the way, the fact that, you know, remember Venus in, in Libra, it's a little bit more masculine and it tends to exalt Saturn. So it's a kind of formal beauty. It's the kind of beauty you would expect in Libra, like for example, from black and white photography and, a, you know, um, like a, a classical concert hall in like Vienna or something like that. Like you get a little bit more of that Saturnine tinge of, of, um, of beauty or that, that kind of, yeah, it's like, it's a little bit more formal and uh, the, the Venus exalts Saturn, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can also mean vanity and superficial, uh, almost like a superficial level of, of, of things. Remember Saturn was the ruler of feigned appearances. And so sometimes, you know, Libras are going to struggle with um, like, like a vanity or a superficiality. And people always go, well, why is that? Why? And it's, well, it's, you know, like Leo, you know, for example, will struggle with this. Every sign struggles with something, but this is part in part because the sign is it's Venus exalting Saturn. You can think about it like that. All right. So um, here is uh, someone I met in New York city who was a gossip columnist. Uh, that's Mars. A lot of these come from New York city. Uh, this was Mars in Libra in the third house. 
Um, in fact, you know, to be quite honest with you, New York City is a pretty Mars and Libra kind of place. I've never looked at the birth chart of New York City, but, you know, it in terms of there being like a lot of emphasis on the arts, culture, beauty, sophistication, but with a kind of Saturnine coldness under the surface a little bit. It's a very steely place at times, very competitive. Um, and uh, so Mars and Libra in the third house, I met a gossip columnist. Now, oops, I keep going backwards. Here we go. So Mars and Libra in the fourth house, here was someone who grew up um, with uh, a father who had multiple affairs, um, but because of their high position in a company that required them to have like a, um, you know, kind of an outstanding public image, the affairs were basically everyone in the family was forced to be quiet about it. And the mother and father coexisted, but didn't really love each other. Isn't that interesting? Mars and Libra in the fourth house. Um, so Mars and Libra in the fifth house. Um, I one time had a client who was an, an attorney who worked specifically, um, her expertise was specifically working with child custody um, cases. And she had Mars and Libra in the fifth house of children. So there was a kind of like advocacy and fighting for uh, things, you know, uh, regarding children in custody and knowledge of the law. So, so there's almost like, you know, fighting for peace. It's a weird thing, but that can happen with Mars and Libra. All right. So Mars and Libra in the sixth house. So <clears throat> not too long ago, actually, like I think it was like last year, I saw someone who is an athletic trainer um, who had very high profile clientele, like very high paying, um, you know, clientele that she saw and um, uh, Mars and Libra in the sixth. It's interesting because Mars and Libra in the sixth is a very Mars is the sixth house was called the joy of Mars. And so this was like a, um, a really good example of someone who does athletic things for a living, but with a pretty like kind of upper crust clientele that's, and that's often the case with Libra where you get that Venus Saturn combination, which can also often result in like beauty and power or beauty and wealth, um, Venus Saturn combinations anyway. So, um, <clears throat> Let's go forward here and bring it back. Whoops, here we go. So Venus in the seventh. So Venus in the seventh, this one's kind of a kind of more of a bummer. But uh, again, this was uh, in the case of a woman whose um, partner had multiple affairs. <clears throat> and um, there was um, a theme of uh, abuse, we'll just call it that, um, not physical abuse, but uh, verbal and emotional abuse and uh, trying to tell her that she was crazy for thinking that he was having an affair um, when in fact he was. And um, this is something that, you know, you know, he, he, the way she described it is, you know, he would, he was, he was very good at what he did. He was very successful, um, but also very vain and unwilling to admit almost down to the end that he had even had an affair before they finally ended up divorced. And I thought that was interesting just because the theme of uh, someone who's really good at something competitive, strong-willed, motivated, successful, but has some kind of image, public image that they can't, they can't admit that there's um, a Mars behind the surface. It's pretty common for Mars and Libra where, you know, it's almost like, like Venus and Saturn really, like if you think of Venus and Saturn <clears throat> together, 
uh, and then Mars trying to get along in their sign. It's a bit like, um, you know, the house of cards. Um, uh, what was her name? Robin Wright Penn. Is that who it was? And, um, Kevin Spacey, where, you know, it's like, it's, it's always, um, has the look of genteel, a gentleman and classy. And, but then there's, you know, there's something underneath the surface you might not see. So that was the case in her marriage. Anyway, um, let's go on. So Mars and Libra in the eighth house. Uh, this is, I've actually seen this probably 10 times at least. Um, long, uh, long legal debacles over inheritance after parents' death. Uh, isn't that interesting that you have, um, and, and this is the funny thing is, is that the, the, in a number of these cases I can think of that you'll often have, you'll often see that, that, well, everyone gets along in the family up until it's a matter of who gets what. And then there's this big debacle. Isn't that always the way it goes? It's kind of sad. Okay. So, um, Mars in Libra in the ninth house, again, one of the ones I've seen more times than I can count are people who study the law or who are you know, prosecuting attorneys or something like that. Ninth house was this house of law. And uh, so you'll sometimes see something like, like that. Also, um, a lot of social activists, um, social justice type of people uh, who might have that placement in their chart. You also have to be careful with that placement of, you know, per perpetually fighting for things that you care about, that you believe in, that are like guiding ethics or morals or philosophies or religious beliefs and the crusading mentality that can be quite exhausting with that placement for yourself or for others. Uh, Mars and Libra in the 10th house. Um, again, like I've seen a, a, a few executive assistants, which I think is a really good example of Mars and Libra in the 10th house, because in this case, um, Mars is often was is I've often been described as the right arm of the sun. Remember that Mars in the sign of Mars, Aries, is the exaltation of the sun. And so the warrior serves the king, right? Well, um, when you put Mars in the 10th house, you'll often see the idea of, of the right hand or arm of the king, the 10th house being a place of rulers, CEOs, bosses, people with a lot of authority or power or rank or whatever, merit, reputation. And so Mars will often be in the position of like the, ex the executive assistant or the, you know, the, the person who is like a, a right-hand man or woman of someone in power. Um, now, one of the interesting stories that I uh, saw go down in my career, um, this was actually while I was living in Washington, D.C., was a pretty big legal debacle with a boss for sexual harassment with Mars in Libra in the 10th house from someone who is in one of those sort of executive assistant roles. Isn't that interesting? Um, how about Mars in Libra in the 11th house? Now, this actually is someone that I know a little bit more personally. And this person with Mars in Libra in the 11th house has consistently had problems once they start working in an environment they get in with people and then there ends up, um, they end up getting caught in the middle of colleagues or work or coworkers disputes. Now that's kind of classically Libran, but, and at any rate, um, the people will then say, oh, you're playing both sides or you, you know, you can't be trusted or something like that. So real problems in social settings, uh, with social groups or sometimes, um, you know, with colleagues or whatever. And maybe there's an ability to be a mediator. I've seen some people with Mars and Libra in the 11th work in PR uh, for a company or to be something of the public face of an organization or to, 
help manage the appearances or, you know, the public image of something, advertising even a little bit, human resources, and all the debacles and, um, you know, challenges that might come with that. So you might see Mars and Libra like that. And most of these I'm giving are like pretty good examples overall, I think. But at any rate, if you um, are looking at Mars in Libra in the 12th house. Now, this is one because if you have Mars and Libra in the 12th, Scorpio is going to be rising. So this would be your ascendant ruler. And this was someone who, um, in particular, that I worked with who um, absolutely could not help themselves from getting involved in other people's drama. And it was like, you know, and I've seen this again a, a number of times throughout my career where you've got the ruler of the ascendant, Mars, in Libra, in the 12th a place of self-undoing, a place of hidden enemies, a place that's often um, engaged in um, things behind the scenes or, or things that are a little bit more covert. And it's, it's almost like a, a person here can't help but be um, creating enemies through gossip and through inserting themselves in other people's issues and, um, or um, in terms of being betrayed. Betrayal can be a big theme for Mars in the 12th and in Libra, but also um, secret animosities, secret prejudices or bias, or, and I'm not necessarily talking about anything extreme, but like, well, this is the way I really feel, but I can't let other people know. And then it eventually undermines you. So these are just interesting things that I've seen over the years. There's lots more that could be said. So I'm not trying to, uh, you know, um, pigeonhole the, the planet in any of the houses, but just kind of give you a feel for what Mars is like through the, the 12 whole sign places. Hope this has been useful for you today. I would love to hear your stories. As Mars enters Libra, you'll often experience that more dramatically. Um, so watch in the next couple of days for Mars's entrance into Libra and check out the whole sign house that it's entering in your birth chart. See what you see. If you ever want to share a story, you can put hashtag grab and then put Mars into Libra and then share your story or email us grab at nightlightastrology.com. We love to share your stories about how the planets are are showing up in your life and uh, and what you're learning from it. So we might be doing um, another episode maybe this week or next week. It's fun to occasionally just step back and listen to what you guys are going through. So, all right, uh, that's what I've got for today. Remember, new class starts pretty soon. Hope to see some of you guys in class. And until uh, until we talk again, have a good day. Bye, everyone.